tree of liberty is not water in the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there have never been, if you want to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. Every year on the 22nd of February, I post on my social media a reminder of what happened on the 22nd of February, 1943. On that date, this gal who you're looking at on the video, a gal by the name of Sophie Scholl, along with her brother Hans and another man, were murdered, executed by the Nazi regime. They were not Jews. Germans. We have this mindset that all Germans were Nazis. In fact, it's kind of a trope. It's kind of a joke. If I remember right, the joke even made its way into the movie Patton. Don't quote me on that, though. This idea that as soon as the war was over, we couldn't find any Nazis in Germany. They were all gone. Nobody had ever been a Nazi. Nobody had ever heard of the Nazis. So we have in our head this idea that all Germans were Nazis. And unfortunately for us, that's it's simply not true. There were numerous Germans who opposed the Nazi regime, who opposed Adolf Hitler, who opposed the ideas that he represented. But most of all, they opposed the crimes that the Germans were committing. They were religious people who were guided by their morality their faith, and they understood that they were facing, in many ways, as, as Orwell put it in 1984, they, they were already dead, and it was just a matter of time before the Germans <clears throat> caught up with them and murdered them, and on 22 February 1943, Sophie, her brother Hans, and others faced trial, a show trial, followed by their execution. And what was their crime against the Nazi regime? Well, they opposed it. But they opposed it openly. They, they stood in the foyer there at the University of Munich and handed out leaflets, decrying what was going on, complaining about what was going on, criticizing the, the German government, the Nazi government. And they were turned in by someone who saw what they were doing, called the Gestapo, and they were arrested, taken away, put on trial, and executed by guillotine. The guillotine fell on all three of them, with at least one of them shouting, long live freedom, as the blade fell. I think it's an important story. I think it's something that we need to remember because the White Rose Society, the White Rose Organization, the White Rose Group of Sophie Scholl and Hans Scholl and others was a powerful statement that we don't have to just go along. And ultimately, though it cost them their lives, they were right. They stood against tyranny and they stand as an example for us today to stand against tyranny, to do what's right in the face of evil, even if it might cost us our lives. 
when I post that story, normally it doesn't get a lot of response. It doesn't get much action. It doesn't get much interest at all. Yesterday when I posted it, a gentleman made a comment on the post. Now, this particular gentleman is of interest to me because he is someone who I know, someone who I have known for a long time. Now, not well, I'm going to be honest with you. Quite frankly, he was one of my students when I was a teacher. When I was teaching C3 Poseidon Fire Control in Dam Neck, Virginia, back in 1988-89-1991. He was one of many kids that went through there that I taught that I had influence upon, that I gave knowledge to, that they then took to the fleet and used. But to be frank, I didn't keep up with any of them to speak of. And so once he graduated, I kind of lost track of him. A couple of years ago, I was sitting there on Facebook and I got a message popped up one day and said, hey, aren't you that guy? Said, yeah. And he used one of my catchphrases from when I was teaching, <clears throat> which I'm not going to repeat here, but he used that catchphrase. He's like, I know you. I remember you. So we got caught up. It turned out that Todd had become a, he'd gotten out of the Navy and become a police officer, a law enforcement officer, and served for a long time as a, as a law enforcement officer and was actually getting ready to retire from law enforcement. And I thought, God, I'm old. I really am. I don't just look old. I, I really am old. But he had put on my Facebook post this comment. MPD, that's the police department that he worked for, and he was in the D.C. area, mandated that every academy class and in-service training class go through the Holocaust Museum, the one in Washington, D.C., because the final solution was enforced by police. Odd, I think considering current circumstances. He's not wrong. I mean, this is the thing is Todd isn't wrong about that. We tend to think of the final solution being put into place by the SS and the Gestapo. We think of Reinhard Heydrich and Adolf Eichmann, Heinrich Himmler, the extermination camps and so forth and so on. But in and of themselves, those organizations were not strong enough to do anything. They had to have the support of what at least one author, Christopher Browning, has referred to as ordinary men in his fantastic book, which if you haven't read, you should, about Reserve Police Battalion 101 and the final solution in Poland. He follows a German police battalion, policemen, law enforcement officers. And he talks about how they, these ordinary men, these, these not necessarily Nazis, not SS, not Gestapo men, made their decision, made their choice to participate in the Holocaust. It's a shocking story. It's, it's, it's frightening. It's terrifying. It's upsetting. It is bizarre to think that ordinary men, people who are just like you and I made the decision to participate in the Holocaust at literally the same time that Sophie Scholl and others were deciding to stand against it. 
And when you understand that Sophie Scholl and Hans Scholl were turned in to the Gestapo, the person who called the Gestapo on them was not an SS agent, <clears throat> wasn't a soldier, may not have even been a registered Nazi, although pretty much everybody was by that point. He was a janitor, turned them in. Ordinary people find themselves in extraordinary situations and make decisions to do things that more often than not are the wrong decision. And Todd's comments about LEO enforcement, law enforcement officers enforcing the Holocaust really hit home with me yesterday. It was a very difficult thought process. I knew that I had to share with him that book, Ordinary Men. I don't know if he's read it or not, but, but he's right. It didn't matter that they weren't Nazis per se. It didn't matter that they weren't SS or Gestapo. They chose still to go along with their government. And at what point do you say to yourself, <laughs> wow, given the current environment of things, it's just another reminder that history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it does echo. It does rhyme. Some months ago, our president informed us that that Second Amendment thing is, is pointless because you can't, you can't stand up against the government because the government has F-15s and nuclear weapons. Remember that comment? And there was a great deal of outcry at the time. There was a great deal of mockery at the time. There was a great deal of misunderstanding at the time on the behalf of the president. Because you see, and this is what I have said for years, and I will say it again. I don't have a problem with law enforcement officers, most of them. I know lots of LEOs. I know, I know Todd. I know officers back in Modesto. My own brother is a retired law enforcement officer. I understand that. I, I know them. I know that as a general rule, they're good people. They're good, ordinary men and women. I have a problem with the way we do policing in this country. I have a way problem with the way we use policing as the pointy end of the stick to enforce government policy. And this is what the president didn't understand when he made his comments about F-15s and nuclear weapons. The army isn't in court every week being sued for violating civilians' rights, are they? And yet, if you were to look at the caseloads around this country, what would you find? Who is? The problem is that Todd was absolutely right. It is ordinary men and women who are going to make those decisions, who are going to carry out those orders that are going to deprive people of constitutionally protected rights. You wonder sometimes why they would do that. It wasn't the Canadian army that sent horses in to trample people. It was the Canadian police. It wasn't the United States army that rolled into to places and started doing things that they ought not be doing. It was those ordinary people, those ordinary men and women of law enforcement. Again, of themselves, they're probably great people. They're ordinary people. 
but we have a system that is suborning them and causing them to be willing to not necessarily do the right thing, not necessarily stand up for the constitutional rights that they swore to uphold and defend. And the problem is, of course, that because it's not the military with its F-15s and nuclear weapons, the president can just dismiss it as crazy people. It doesn't matter if they're police officers or janitors. If they're willing to turn people in for not doing what the government wants, and if they're willing to enforce what the government wants, they are literally no different than those ordinary men of 1943 who chose not to stand with the White Rose, but instead to destroy it. History ultimately will judge them. Not well.